0: Your day is just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz.
1: Every single game, you know, is important. I think in addition to that, you know, we, we need to continue to get better. And, you know, I, the, the goal is, for, you know, if, if there's games like tonight, we have to learn from them and, and be better. That, th- this team has done that. You know, I, I think we obviously can play better individually and play better collectively. And if our focus goes there, you know, we'll have an opportunity to win that game. And, you know, obviously that's, you know, that's the idea.
2: Quinn Snyder, after Monday's loss, looking ahead to the rematch with the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Are the Jazz going to shoot it a little better and avoid that fourth quarter dry spell? And it's Carl Anthony Towns going to be draining threes from all over the place. What do they need? A win. Do they need stops? Oh, and they need goes. Yeah. <laughs> more goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they need more goes. More goes would be good. Mm-hmm. They're one of the better defensive teams in the league, so you can pick on any individual possession. Ironic?
1: because uh, in college I somewhat dated a gal whose last name is Morgo. Somewhat dated a gal. Well, and she was hot to trot, and I was not quite at that stage. Yeah, there you go. So when she found out I was not uh, eternal companion material, she went her separate ways. Oh, there it is. She's a little drama queen, so it's probably best. I got got somebody who's the ultimate non-drama queen now. Very, very low maintenance. Guys, one piece of advice. You gotta have them be low maintenance. Because I don't care how sweet they look. The high maintenance, eventually it's gonna wear on you. It's gonna wear you out. That is truth right there.
2: So you need low maintenance. Drama Mama will make your head... Explode, ears flying one way. I've also yeah. and I gotta another. say,
1: the broad that I got, she is low maintenance, man, all the way, and I'm very happy with her. Low maintenance, way to go, sweetie. And go jazz, jazz tonight in Minnesota,
2: six o'clock on AT&T Sportsnet. The Salt Lake City Stars are hosting Sioux Falls tonight at Slick, and we've got tickets to that later in the show. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NBA. Holding on to it near the logo. Gives it up to CJ. Swings the left for Melo. Melo takes a three from the side. It's good. And Carmelo Anthony with his first points as a trailblazer is a triple. LeBron's bounce.
1: AD 17 feet. That's just pretty, outside the free throw line. That's a pretty good answer. There's triple-double the there, there LeBron. LeBron James has a triple-double against OKC. He's the first player in NBA history to now have a triple-double against every single team in the league. whoop
2: freaking do You see, these teams didn't exist when Oscar and Magic were doing it. So, Magic, come on now. Oscar, why don't you have a triple-double against the Timberwolves? Because there were no Timberwolves.
1: What does that prove? I that don't know. They need better something. Than
2: we thought. They needed something to talk about <laughs> on a November night. The Lakers won again. It's kind of boring. Yeah, the Lakers won again. One twelve. We already
1: know he's an all timer, and it's amazing, right? At his age, with the amount of minutes he's played, he—I saw a stat. You add up all the postseason minutes. He's played like six seasons longer than uh, Vince Carter, who's forty-two years old, and to see LeBron be this good at these advanced minutes is really phenomenal. I think it's a... Obviously, it's a... Plotted to his ability, but his regiment to keep himself in shape and to do the things that he needs to be able to do, because I don't think you just roll out of bed at this stage of your life and be able to play at this high level. I think it has to be a day-in and day-out commitment to obviously the dieting and the training and the regiment that he goes through to prepare himself for the seasons ahead. And it's really something that should be appreciated. I, As a fan, I appreciate it. He's got the Lakers in the top spot in the West. Because I always feel like a part of me dies. I mean, I'm being dramatic, but it's, I'm trying to make a point. A part of me dies when a great one retires. It's like, oh, I'm getting closer to death. That's <laughs> how you mark time. Yeah. Seriously. You know, if it was up to me, the statue would be 25, and J. Slow would be 50, and they'd be doing their thing, and, and everything would be the way it was, but that's not the way it is, obviously. So when a star goes, it's like, oh man, another one? And he's going to go in, in, a, in a relatively short amount of time. So I like to appreciate these guys for their greatness, and his has been sustained, and for me as a fan, I can really get behind that.
2: Well, good news is he's keeping you young.
1: Because well, there's a couple other things with the exception of the injury. We'll get to last that here year. shortly.
3: <laughs> oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I see. All right.
1: <laughs> no surgery so,
2: next necessary. Carmelo Anthony. Is he going to turn anything around in Portland? Am I missing something here? Is this a case of NBA people need something to talk about? His debut with the Blazers. He's going to lift
1: the Blazers back to the third spot in the West. I don't think that was his responsibility to do that. Is he going to help the team? That's the issue. That's the whole thing. You know, we used to say that with the Jazz. Oh, is this going to be? No, probably not. But if you can add a Trevor Booker at the time, and Trevor Booker makes you a little bit better, then you add Trevor Booker. Carmelo, 10 points, four boards.
2: Pelicans beat the Blazers 115-104. The Blazers are currently next to last in the West. Only the Warriors have a worse record than Portland right now.
1: Well, what's going to happen is Stotts is going to get fired, which is a joke, but seems like that's the way things roll. That's most people's answer to it. The team isn't good right now. Right. I think we all think
2: it's stupid. Never mind that maybe the personnel moves weren't the best idea, and then injuries on top of that, and there you go.
1: Dame... And you gotta have some credibility. It's gotta be Dame. I got no credibility. And Dame didn't play.
2: DJ and PK. Hashtag college
0: basketball.
2: Well, we had a 90 point win this year. We might as well have an 80 point win. Weaver State one thirty to fifty over West Coast Baptist. They get the first win. They're one and, and two. Well,
1: see, I think the thing that's interesting there is you got yeah. a lot of friction between West Coast Baptist and East Coast Baptist. Yeah. I mean, the Baptists, yeah, on both sides of the coast. Oh man, and it has created some nasty situations because I delved a little bit deeper into this. West Coast, East Coast. Yeah, a lot of friction there between the Baptists. The BYU football team gave Boise
2: State. The only loss on an otherwise perfect season for the Broncos. Now the basketball teams play. Cougars are 3-1. The Broncos are 1-2. CBS Sports Network tonight, 8 o'clock. Check that one out. I will. Game's up in Idaho. I know. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football.
3: He's been practicing. Um, you know, He wasn't really involved in the game plan the last couple of weeks, but he has been practicing, and uh, Larry's been doing some extra work with him on the field drill-wise, but but now he's right back to, uh, to, to practicing with the, the the defense.
4: And what sort of pitch count, of any, is he on this week and the game on Saturday? No, he'll be playing.
2: That's Ohio State coach Ryan Day talking about the star defensive end. Chase Young, he'll be playing, PK, Ohio State and Penn State. Big game for an Ohio State team that's been mauling everybody to stay undefeated here, give Penn State their second loss and knock them out of the playoff
1: conversation. Sure, yeah, it's a big game. But I mean if Ohio State loses, shouldn't they be considered if Oregon and Utah are in the mix? Shouldn't one loss Ohio State, assuming that they win the rest of their games and don't have two losses?
2: They would still be in the mix, I would think. I would think that a Penn State win over Ohio State would not be a good thing so it's for the a Pac-12. Sort of big game. Because you've got a little bit of a cushion. You do have a little bit of a cushion, but they would be facing the same dilemma as Alabama. Yeah, you've only got one loss, but you're not in the conference title game because at that point Penn State, who also has one loss, would have the tiebreaker.
1: Yeah, but that's been done before. It has been. So I don't know if it's necessarily a dilemma. They lose by a field goal to these guys and they win the rest of their games. Does it eliminate them? You know, I think Maybe. That, I that's, think all that's I the bigger you. issue is what does a conference title really, really mean? I'm not sure it means enough.
2: I'd agree with you. I don't think, I think we all think that it wouldn't say what Tim Brando was talking about, the three-loss team that wins a weaker division and gets in. I don't think it does anything for that team. For the undefeated team, I don't think the undefeated team needs it. But when there are a bunch of one-loss teams, it seems like the team
1: with the conference title ought to have an advantage over the team that doesn't have it. But it's not. It doesn't. That was my concern. I'm still getting hammered from Ute fans. Apparently some Tampa guy wrote something that was all that. And apparently I hate the Utes. And, uh, you know, I I not only want them not to get in, I want their program to be disbanded. I mean, let's make sure I'm perfectly clear on this. And so, blah, 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 blah. But the fact is, it doesn't appear that a conference title weighs that heavily. And maybe it should. Maybe I, I tend to think it should. Because you look at Ohio State and say if they don't win it, well, I think they're going to win it, but we're just going theoretically here, and they don't, while their conference is tougher, yeah, but at the same time, you have way more advantages to be able to compete in that tougher conference. Just on theory, I'm not saying necessarily it is every year, I'm just going, just for argument's sake.
2: Advantages and like? Budget. They got cash, baby. <laughs> the thing that matters the most? Money? Better time slots so we see them more often?
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about that, too. And I put this up on Facebook, you know, what can the Pac-12 do? This idea of exposure. Well, we see in the NCAs they assign these folks, because our local guys have been on there, Tom Homo, Chris Hill, and whatnot, and they get assigned... For basketball, they get assigned Mm. conferences. And so they study those conferences. You would think, how many members are on this committee? Is it 13? Something like that. Irregardless of when they play, if if you're on this committee and they play at 2 in the morning... You should be watching. You don't necessarily have to be watching live. Because you can DVR it. But you should be studying. So does the the exposure in terms of media attention and on all this other stuff. That's great, and it's needed. We get all that, and for individual awards and for recruiting and, and just for the fan experience That so they don't have to be getting home at 1 in the morning in a stupid college football game and in November when it's lousy weather. You know, that might happen next week. We don't know for, I guess, Colorado, the latest that can start is 8.30 or at 5.30. But the committee... The time of the games should be completely and totally irrelevant.
2: But the thing the basketball committee has going for it is every bid, every league has a bid and they get their champion in, their tournament champion, whatever. But everybody's in. So the basketball committee doesn't have to wade into that. The football committee is going to be handed, "Okay, you got if you have five conference champs that are all undefeated or one loss, you got to leave somebody out.
1: Somebody's going to be furious." Yeah, fine. That's the way I'm, it's set up. I'm, yeah, okay, but that's not their fault. But it shouldn't be because, well, that game didn't get over until 1230 in the morning uh, East Coast time. The committee, thats that should not matter in the least. Technology should bail them out. For Are, those
2: folks on that committee, right? You would think. We've got a question up. What can the Pac-12 do to increase exposure? I, I think they're already quietly doing a couple things. Uh, We can talk about that. Okay. probably more they can do. All right. We will get to that coming up. Yeah, it'll be fun. And speaking of the people who hate you on social media, people at uh, Penn State are hating on quarterback Sean Clifford. He deleted his social media accounts after getting death threats and vulgar messages after the Nittany Lions lost to Minnesota. Seems reasonable, though. Not really. (laughs) Not at all. Not even borderline. (laughs) Not close. (laughs) Sending a college kid death threats because two undefeated teams play and one of them lost a football game. That
1: seems horrible. But it's all right to to tell media members you're trash and you're worthless and you should be fired. I wonder how my 14-year-old would feel if I was fired. Not good. Yeah, but that's okay. That's acceptable. I I completely deleted it after the Minnesota
2: game, Clifford said. I was kind of, I guess, sick and tired of getting death threats and some pretty explicit and pretty tough-to-read messages. Man, keyboard warriors. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NFL. None of us want those things to transpire. It did. Uh, We were a part of it. Uh, We accept responsibility for our actions within it.
2: Mike Tomlin saying the Steelers accept responsibility for their part in that brawl with the Cleveland Browns. The helmet swinging. The kicking. Shoving guys to the ground. was ugly. But it's the NFL, PK. Nobody gets a pass like the NFL. They're wildly popular. You can't say it didn't happen because we saw it. You can't say we didn't have anything to do with it because clearly they did. I'm over it. It's not like it happens all the time. Gronk had a big announcement. Patriot fans were hoping he was coming back. He's throwing a Super Bowl party in Florida. I wouldn't say never coming back. I'm 30 years old. I'm young. I still stay fit. I still watch the game whenever I can. I still enjoy it. I'm feeling good. Well, you know, when you're off could possibly be the case. Or maybe two years off, man. It's always an option in the back of my head. So he only is throwing one Super Bowl party? That's the news. <laughs> there ought to be a Friday Super Bowl party and a Saturday Super Bowl well, party. Well, you got
1: two weeks between the conference finals and the Super Bowl, so you've got 14 opportunities. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free
2: reverse osmosis system with purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690 at Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst is going to join us at 7:30 Lincoln Kennedy at 8. And we got Riley Jensen our college football insider at 9. Right now, right now we have Andrew Reinhardt here and he joins us from the Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, good morning. How you doing, guys? We are doing Couldn't well. we be
4: freaking better. Good. Big A. <laughs> good. <laughs> Jeez.
2: This guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you've told us about this before, Yeah. but you'll tell us again. Yes. Because there are guys who have issues, yep. and they need some help.
4: Yeah, there are guys that have ED and that are thinking right now, there's no way I'll ever get it treated. I'll never go to the ED clinic. Um, I believe we have a treatment that will interest you. You've probably been dealing with the pills when it comes to ED and maybe dealing with the side effects. Uh, Our treatment, acoustic wave therapy, and seriously, this has helped thousands of men now um, eliminate the need for the pill. It opens up the blood vessels. No side effects. Spontaneity back in your life. It works like it used to work. That's essentially what we can do with about two to three weeks of treatments.
2: So how long do the treatment? Uh, two to three weeks, but yeah. how long is each individual treatment?
4: Each individual treatment's probably 10 minutes. Uh, you might come in once or twice a week over two to three weeks, and that's it. So long-lasting fix, um, and a, you know, pretty quick. So think about maybe mid-December. You could be done with this. Sweet. Yeah. Right in time for the holidays. Talk about a Christmas
1: (laughs) gift.
2: Wasatch Medical Clinic. You can get a free assessment with a medical doctor right now. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. You can call
4: right now. And so the assessment is free. Just call up. The assessment is free. Right. Call us now. Um, This is cool because it's an analysis of you with the medical doctor. We'll do a blood flow ultrasound. Normally, there's a charge for that. Uh, Call us now. We'll do it free. And there's no obligation, by the way. So come in, get some information. I had a guy come in a couple weeks ago who was taking some kind of medication that was causing his ED. The doctor was able to say, okay, get off that. The treatments were not a good fit for them. So that's the kind of stuff that can happen during that free analysis. So how
2: often do they have all the answers after that? They should assessment? have everything. 30, 45 minutes with the doctor, they'll get it all. Okay. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical. Free assessment. 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys.
0: And now, attention. Top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Jazz are in Minnesota tonight. Game tips off at 6 o'clock on AT&T Sportsnet. Listen to it on your way home right here on the zone. The Zone's coverage begins at 5 o'clock with the pregame show, and it'll be on 97.5 the zone. 1280 the zone will have the Salt Lake City Stars and the Sioux Fall Sky Force at 7 o'clock at Salt Lake Community College. Elsewhere in the NBA tonight, ESPN Doubleheader Warriors and Mavericks at 5:30. Celtics and Clippers at 8 o'clock. Also tonight, BYU is at Boise State, 8 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Top of the wire, brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take a bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking, since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save at Diamond Airport Parking.
0: This, this, this is this Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. BYU Director of Athletics Tom Holmo announcing a contract extension has been finalized for head coach Kalani Satake.
3: I'm glad that he's extended. I'm glad that they're showing him some confidence. But for BYU to come get out in front of this and be like, well, we're just showing how much confidence and how much we love this guy and how much we believe that he is. Well, there's some guys back there that they weren't so confident. They didn't have that belief. But Kalani shut their mouth with a couple of big wins over Boise State and Utah State. Got themselves Bull eligible and now we get to see kalani's guys come off missions we get to see kalani move forward as a recruiter yep. and i'm excited to see the future of what byu holds now with kalani sataki
0: catch hands and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
2: Join the big show Friday from 3 to 6 at the Warehouse in 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 network analyst coming up. Riley Jensen. Lincoln will be here at 8. Riley Jensen, our college football insider at 9. Riley Nelson, BYU radio analyst, will join us here momentarily. The Cougars going to UMass. And then to San Diego State to finish the year. Got any storylines? They didn't need to watch for in this game. I mean, we know Liberty smoked UMass 63 to 21, and UMass literally has the worst defense in college
1: football. No, this is like BYU's Idaho State game. Oh, wait, they already played Idaho State. <laughs> UMass gives up 52 points a game. All
2: right. No, I got, I got nothing for you. You had nothing. All right. We'll talk to Riley about all his other college football knowledge, everything else. You got anything for the Ute fans right now? Questions up on Facebook. We'll be hitting this later in the show, but for the 7 o'clock crowd getting to work. Two weeks left. Utes holding steady at number 7. The new poll is out. Do you think they're getting in? Paul says no. Utah's going to lose a game. Remember who they are.
1: Well, if they lose to Oregon, then that's a moot point, certainly. Uh, But right now, I don't trust the committee, but I think they deserve to get in if they win. The rest of their ball games and go 12 and 1 it's what we were talking about what type of weight should be put on a conference title in some ways a conference title has become weightless yeah and it's nice and you hang a banner but for the ultimate goal it doesn't seem to matter but when you look at this team and they are rolling out potentially eight of the 12 starters right now that we can say is they're going to have a legitimate shot to make the NFL that's a very powerful statement and everything came together. This is a, obviously senior day is going to take longer than the game <laughs> in terms of the game being competitive anyway uh, because they've they got They should smoke all these Colorado seniors, yeah. and they got a ton of seniors. Right. And it's it's an unusual situation. And who knows when you're going to have it again, but it doesn't matter. You have it now. And so with that in mind, you'd like to see the best team with all these seniors and a phenomenal record get an opportunity to compete at the highest level. I have no problem playing in the Rose Bowl if that's what it comes down to. Uh, but it doesn't seem like maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the conference title will carry weight, but it doesn't seem like it carries enough weight. Should they get it, either team for that matter, Oregon or Utah, should they get that? Assuming both win out and then whoever wins that ball game, there should be some. There's something that should be said for winning your conference. But it's almost like for Oregon it's it's a knock if you go through 10 and 0 well then how the good? league
2: wasn't good yeah and just dismiss it and yeah. that goes to Tim Brando's point yeah. about it's just a pretzel they'll take the logic and twist it however they want to get to the result they want dj and pk it's ninety-seven five and 1280 the zone we are joined now by Riley Nelson BYU football radio analyst he is on the sprint special guest line at least any handset. Get an iPad. For ninety nine ninety nine. visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning.
3: Morning, fellas. How are you?
2: We're good. We were just discussing UMass uh, briefly there, and looking at some of their numbers, they give up over 50 points a game, which is the worst out of all 130 teams in the bowl subdivision. And I know anything can happen. And I know UMass beat BYU a couple years ago in Provo, but I'm looking at the way this BYU team is playing and the way this UMass team is playing and I, I'm, I'm not seeing a storyline here. I'm seeing a beating. Are you seeing it any other way?
3: Yeah, the storyline that, that I'm seeing is cleaning up. So, like, this is a time when they can finally actually put a beating when everyone thought they were going to beat up on someone two weeks ago. People thought that the Liberty victory wasn't enough, even though I think that was warranted. Liberty's a good football team with some good players. Then state game. It it ended up fine, but the first half was a little bit lackluster with the offense coming out, you know, newly under Zach Wilson coming back and starting the game off, punching the ball with three drives, being being three and outs, and really having to have a pick six spark the, you know, spark the scoring for the entire team. So this is the opportunity. The storyline for me is, oh, and by the way, the offense uh, racked up 10 penalties. and and just was really sloppy and underwhelming. So the storyline for me is, all right, did they actually come out and take care of business, or is it more, or are we gonna continue to not really know what we're gonna see week in, week out, for good or for bad?
1: There's a couple things that I think are uh, going on that are bigger than the game, certainly, and one of them is the contract extension for Kalani Sataki. I don't see how they could do better right now, and maybe they could, but I don't see where there's a slam dunk out there. So I thought it was important to get it done, and I like the way Tom did it among the players because the players have a fond affection for for Kalani and I assume you think it's a good idea too so rather than ask you that and one of the things that we've heard from the players is how much they love the guy how difficult is it for a coach to balance getting your players to run through the proverbial wall for you and loving each other back each in each direction but at the same time maintaining that authority figure to where if you need to put out the discipline or whatever the tough stuff needs to be that you can
3: do that yeah, I – so a lot of people think it's, the opposite of love is hate, right? So, like, if Coach doesn't like me, he's going to yell at me. And, uh, you know, but if he loves me, he's going to give me kudos and he's going to gap up with me and jump shoulder, you know, bumps and all that stuff. The, the opposite of, like, love or the opposite of a coach, of you being a coach's guy or not, is not whether or not he cheers you out. It's, like – the worst thing is, you go out, you make a mistake, you go off the sideline, and your coach doesn't say anything to you because at that point he doesn't care about you, and he's written you off, and he doesn't care if you're better as a football player. He doesn't care if the team's better. He's he just kind of that. So I that's and I don't know how you how you help your players understand that because that's not how most kids see the world. Most kids see the world that that you know the second my coach looks at my coach or parent or whatever authority figure looks at me cross. They don't like me, and if they don't like me, then I don't like them. And, and you know, they start feeling sorry for themselves. So I think that's how you – and Kalani's, Kalani does have a way of putting his arm around guys and letting them know he cares. So just by Kalani's nature of showing natural interest in the players and their lives, he's going to do that and then just help them understand. And, and I think he can, on that foundation of being able to put their arm around him and, and do all that, he can also say to their face, like, listen – I'm going to be hard on you because I want you to be a great player. I want you to be a great player here. I want you to contribute to this team. I want the team to be great, and I want you to, you know, to achieve the maximum potential that is available to you as a football player. So that's that's how I think you can establish it. You, establish, you let them know that, like, hey, yeah, I'm a, I'm a player guy, but a player guy doesn't mean I let you get away with whatever you want. Being a player guy means that I architect a system that Makes the most out of you as a football player. And then, is you know, this isn't specific to BYU, but it's maybe emphasized to BYU a little bit more. But get the most out of you as a football player, but also as a young man and set you up for, you know, success as a man throughout the rest of your life.
2: Riley Nelson joined us here on 97.5 at 1280 the zone. Uh, Penn State's quarterback Sean Clifford has deleted his social media accounts after receiving death threats and vulgar messages. Now, it's not that you're old, Riley, because you're not, but Social media's changed a lot, even since you played. But what kind of blowback did you get from the public? Did you, whether it was letters or social media or stuff people would say to you or your teammates, did you hear many stories about that?
3: Yeah. So um, my social media journey was I, I had it when I was the backup. So you know, 2009, no one cared. 2010. Um, You know, people hadn't really picked. I mean, people were kind of picking sides, but everybody was still optimistic. And when I say picking sides, between Jake and I, right? But everyone was kind of optimistic. I got hurt early enough in that game, you know, week three of that game, and and was out for the rest of the season that I I didn't really get a lot of stuff. And then junior year, so I was the backup again. And, again, no one really cares about you. You can actually grow your hair out and nobody worries about you. And then the second you come in, throw a touchdown pass. You got you know folks in the administration telling you you need to cut the hair by tomorrow. And you know next time you show up on campus your hair look at wretched. That's the story of another day. But um, it's, I, 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 I win the job back. Um, obviously the well documented Utah State thing and it started. There, there was an uproar. It was it, but it was it was bifurcated in that a lot of people saying man love the way you play, love your moment, love you're so, it you know entertaining. Riley da da da, and then there was a, there was a very large faction of people who felt very passionately that heaps was the guy that I was undermining his success as a quarterback at BYU, and that therefore was hurting was hurting the program, and there was quite a large and vocal faction on Instagram, <coughs> oops, sorry, on Instagram and on Twitter, and that continued to grow. Um, uh, through that year, where to by the end of that year and into that off season when he announced his transfer, it was getting so much it was such. And look, um, I, I, it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much. And I never, by the way, I never got death threats. Right. I just got you know, you're a selfish player. You're, you know, you're a fullback trying to play quarterback. You're never going to be good at BYU. You're, you know, I'm, I'm. Uh, I I've been a lifelong BYU fan as long as your quarterback. I can't cheer for him. Like it was stuff like that. Which whatever. That, the way I viewed that, anybody who's gonna go be a keyboard hero, hide behind an anonymous user account on you know on a social media and say things that they would never have the guts to say to me in in real life, that shows to me that they have they have the issue, right? It's not it's not me. It's, they have something deep seated inside of them that makes them feel the way that somehow they get gratification or. Or a little bit of satisfaction out of that, and and it's and it's a hollow and a and an unsatisfying gratification gratification at that. So it wasn't like I was offended; it wasn't keeping me up at night. But just with my, you know, it was a it was a constant drip, and in my mentions, and as I was using social media, like for me, my Instagram was much more like friends and family and things like that, and and not so much about football. But my Twitter was more about football and interacting with teammates and things like that. But, it would just be constant. It would be daily in my mentions with someone trying to, you know, dunk on me or tell telling me, you know, how how bad of a person or how bad of a player I was. And it just got to be so big of a distraction that by the end of my junior year, I I deleted all my social media too and didn't get back on it until, you know, I think I I think I rejoined Twitter probably a year and a half after graduating. And I'm not a photographer, so I'm still not back on I'm still not back on Instagram. That's that's just not my deal for me, but. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a huge distraction. I don't know if he feared for his safety. I never feared for my safety. The insults never really mattered to me what much. But it was a distraction. I, I will say this, though, just being 100% honest. The hard thing was, aside from just the distraction and the dumb comment, the hard thing was that it would take a lot of energy to not respond. Because you never want to get in the, in the mud with these trolls because it's, it's no winning. They're always in it, and they don't have anything at stake, and a lot of times they're anonymous, and so there's nothing out there for them. So it's a lose-lose for you as, as the one they're taking shots at to ever go back at them. But, you know, the competitor in you, the ego in you, the, the just, you know, if they were to come up to me on the sidewalk and say some of that stuff, I'd step to them. And, if, you know, I, I'd, I'd take care of my business if I needed to take care of my business. But in the, in the Twitter sphere, and the fighting in the back and forth, it, it's a losing battle. And and so I figured, look, rather than just, like, continue, continue to resist fighting and continue to have to deal with these distractions, just leave it off.
1: Yeah, that's why every night after we say grace before we eat, I tell my kids, anybody gets in your face, F them. I mean, it's just the philosophy, and it's it's worked for my family. You know, I mean, you can decide what you want to do with yours, but uh, that's what we do.
3: Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you got... You got to stand up for yourself because in today's world, um, if you don't stand up for yourself, no one else will. Exactly. Uh, And you can, and you can, and you can learn lessons, you know. And you learn lessons for good and for bad. You know, there were times when I'm like, all right, I I stepped up there and I overreacted, and I, I regret doing that. But there was other times I was like, that guy needed to be. Put in his place, and I put in his place and probably better off than
1: doing it. You know, in addition to the hair and the abs, the attitude, Riley, I always thought we were twins of different mothers, man. We got those things, all of them in common. It's obvious you and I have had a connection that is just, it's unspoken, but it's deep.
3: Yeah, well, if my life can turn out to be, you know, half the life that you produce. in other words, you know, being kindred spirits, then I will be I'll be just, I'll be just so happy.
1: I wanted to bring up something that I think folks that are inside the program have known this for a good while. And maybe some folks had put it out there. And I'm talking about all the stuff that's available and the money that's spent on the BYU football program versus the money that's spent on programs that they're expected to compete with out on the field. And I I can recall when the assistant coaches all went with Bronco. I spoke to some of them and they were talking about what was going to be available for them back there in Virginia versus what was available here. And it wasn't even close. And then you get a kid like Tanner Mangum, who's just been in the program obviously, and now he's out of it, going on Twitter talking about how, okay, It's good that you extended Kalani. Now, here's some other things that you need to do. And he put that on Twitter, and some people said, you know, basically he used the word resources, and some people said, well, what are you talking about? And he goes, recruiting budget is limited. Nutrition and food budget is limited. Coaching and support staff salaries are far below P5 average. Players don't have... Access to facilities. Overall, the money—excuse mo- me. Overall, the monetary focus isn't where it needs to be to keep up with top P5 programs. And guys who've been in the program know of this. And I think it's—it's it's no secret. It, can BYU be able to compete at the level that it wants? With to the point of almost taking it as a stance of pride: we're cheap.
3: So <laughs> when you say. BYU compete at the level that it wants, there are different factions of BYU. There's the BYU fan base, there's the players and coaches, there's the academic side of BYU, and then, of course, it is, you know, it's owned by, by a religious institution. And one of, the, one of the reasons why this is even a debate is because when you say what BYU wants or we look at the expectations for the program, I do not believe that, that those are uniform across all of those different factions. I believe that um, different ones are... F- with with the way the program has been in recent years, as much frustration as that has caused people, I think there, is, there are some people that are just okay with it. Look, there's been, there's been no scandal. I mean, the closest thing was... Our boy, yeah, maybe kind of might be another one after his performance in the Miami Bowl, right? Although, you never punch dude from behind, right, PK? Okay, we'd never do that. But the closest thing they've had to a scandal in the recent years is, is uh, you know, is a, is, a, is a melee, and that really that blew over quite, quite quickly. But the program, for the most part, kept its nose clean. It hasn't been a – I mean, it hasn't reached the depths of, of what UMass is going through as far as 1-10 getting up fifty. Uh, points a game and there's no light at the end of the tunnel so they haven't fallen that far they had the one year without bowl eligibility but other than that you know they've made bowls and you know 15 out of the last 16 years or whatever it is and and i and i think that's okay and so the investment is you know to, to increase the investment for, for some of those factions they say why we're getting what we need we get nationally televised games it's promoting the plan it, it's it's overall good. And then there are those who are starved for excellence. And if they if they want to achieve that excellence, then, then Tanner makes valid points. You need – look, I, I only spent one season coaching my little brother. At, I was offensive coordinator at Logan High, and we we, we had a great team. And um, people always ask me how it's going. But towards the end of the season, we got into the playoffs, and one of our best players got suspended, and one of our best players got hurt. And we ended up losing a close game in the playoffs that we shouldn't have lost so everybody asks me, "What was it like to coach?" I'm like, "Coaching's great when you got guys. When you got players, coaching is awesome. When you don't, it is miserable." And you know, and so that when it, when he talks about recruiting budget, when he talks about being able to compete with P5 across that for athletes. Yeah, in order to achieve excellence, you need better dudes. In order to get better dudes, then you have to at least meet the status quo, if not exceed the status quo in recruiting those those guys to come play in the program, but. Um, just, and then and just the yeah. elephant in the room, and as I, I'm going to do, uh, like I often do on your guys' show, throw out a disclaimer there, where the church, it, it, right now the athletic program, contrary to what many believe, I've, I've heard this from everybody from the president of the university, through Tom Homo and down through the coaches, it is self-sustaining. In other words, the revenues that fund only come from the revenues generated within the athletic program. They do not come from... The, the other funds that subsidize the academic portion, which we all know come from tithings, offerings, and donations made to the church, right, made to the religious institution. The, the only way to substantially increase that athletic budget is two ways. One, get to the conference, that's why we're all paying for that, and that increases the revenue significantly coming into the athletic program. Or two, take some of those church funds and, and, uh, and subsidize or and contribute to the athletic budget. Now, Here's the, here's the reason why I feel like that hasn't happened at this point is they, the BYU has kept their nose clean, but every time we turn around, there's a different scandal involving sports across the NCAA. And so, uh, with the optics for the church, let's say they are paying, let's say they are paying a coach three to four million dollars, and half of that is made up of of church members religious contributions, right? They're making a tithing contribution or they're making an offering contribution that's going to the building up and the furthering of Christianity in the world which which entails helping the needy and the poor and then also, you know, supporting the church and its facilities and, and, and its goals. And $2 million of that $4 million salary is, is subsidizing it. And then there's a you name it, scandal. There's a cheating scandal or there's a you know, there's inappropriate recruiting, like like it's happened to them. I would say
1: hair that goes a little below the collar.
3: Yeah, or, or even hair that goes a little below the collar. <laughs> you, so you get something like that, and now you have members of the church that are saying, you're telling me that the money that I put forward to help further Christianity in the world is now subsidized a program that has done that. That's the risk that's, that's out there, and that's a very real risk, and so... They haven't pulled. In my reason, that's one of the reasons why they haven't pulled the trigger. Now, I don't have. I'm not. I'm not speaking with the you know the board of directors or any of the guys that, that make those decisions in regards to the church. But thats And sorry to kind of go on a, a long, a long monologue here, but I do see the rock in the hard place that the ultimate decision makers, which are the leaders of the academic university and those involved in the church, why they have not been quick to. You subsidize the athletic budget with you know
2: what what they deem they could fun Riley we will be back to discuss your hair and your abs again next week <laughs> you enjoy the trip to UMass and what should be a big BYU win and then uh, we'll look ahead to San Diego State that'll be a good game to wrap it up
3: Okay, always a pleasure fellas
2: thank you thank you Riley Riley Nelson BYU football radio analyst joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 network analyst, going to join us in about 15 minutes. we got more feedback rolling in from people who watched and saw that Utah is still number 7 in the playoff committee rankings. Are the Utes going to make it into the top four if they win out? Got a lot of people weighing in on that, and we will get to that next. Stay with us.
0: From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
2: On Thursday, tomorrow, come on down to Metro by T-Mobile, located at 87 West. 3300 South between 3 and 6 p.m. Join the big show. They will be broadcasting live. Got a question up on Facebook. Two weeks left. The Utes are holding steady at number 7. Are they getting in? It's overwhelmingly negative on Facebook, PK. All the blowback we take on Twitter where there's a lot of Utes who are positive they're getting in and can't believe we would say anything else. Over here on Facebook, not happening. Not happening. Jeff, probably not. They not only need to win out against Arizona, Colorado, and Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, they need Auburn to beat Alabama. They need Georgia to lose to LSU. If all that happens, if Penn State doesn't beat Ohio State this weekend to leapfrog a few teams, then they have a complaint if they don't get in.
1: Don't forget about Oklahoma too, because I still think they're in the running. Brooks or, or maybe I hope even Baylor if Baylor beats Oklahoma.
2: Well they would both have a case because they would be a twelve and one champ. But I think Oklahoma is the brand name and the star power at quarterback, The odds, and they're closer in the current rankings,
1: so it seems more likely they would lead than Baylor. See, that's funny, because I think it should be Baylor, because it goes back to what I was saying about winning a conference title. You
2: would take 12-1 Baylor over 12-1 Utah or 12-1 Oregon?
1: Oh, no, not necessarily. I'm saying between Baylor and Oklahoma. You said if it was between – if both Baylor and Oklahoma had the same record and they each lost to each other, you would prefer Oklahoma. They have the brand name. They're higher in the poll. I would say, going back to what oh, we yeah, just yeah, talked yeah. about, that yeah. they won the conference title. And so put when they're tied like that, put more weight on winning the conference title. When they are tied, I would personally prefer that too.
2: I was talking more what I think the committee would oh, I, do. Oh, I understand. And the committee, I think, will take the brand name.
1: <laughs> We've seen that before. Well, yeah, I am not. I don't know that's uh, not true. But for me, in that situation, Baylor versus Oklahoma, not Baylor and Oklahoma versus the others, but those two versus each other, I'm, goes back to what I'm saying is there should be some weight on on the conference title and you know I I, we posted this thing a week ago and I didn't anticipate the firestorm I mean this morning I'm still getting blowback on it a week later I appreciate y'all reading it you make me money thank you and apparently it obviously had an effect but as I thought about it over the course of the week including today I'm thinking you know I can understand the, the personal shots are ridiculous I mean that that But that's who you are. But the Uh, frustration that the team is getting back. And they expect me as a so-called local guy to stick up for them. That has no impact. And and, I know, but that's what they... I get that. Again, take your logic out of it for once (laughs) in a while and just go on raw emotion. And they're 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 going on emotion because they look at me as a guy who's up there, a guy in the community, a guy, dare I say, I mean, I mean... And, and Andrew, you're in here from Wasatch Medical, and you can speak to this, Andrew. I mean, I'm a loyal guy, right? I mean, come on. Look at me now. What do I have on, Andrew? (laughs) Ute hat. I have on a Ute beanie. So they expect me to be one of them, and they viewed me as going outside the family. And one thing I've told you, Dave, and Andrew, and Jake, is you never go outside the family. You never go against the family.
2: Andrew never
1: go yeah, I was against say. the family.
4: <laughs> this is reminding you me of something. You end up getting shot on the hood of a right. car. I saw <laughs> the movie. I know what happened. So
1: I'm starting to come to a better understanding of their frustrations. They were just going to pick up some fruit. Right, right. You know, you know, and so they view me as going outside, and that's where the frustration lies. The cheap shots are ridiculous. We all understand that, but and making it personal. But they view me as wanting to stick up for them. Even though I, I think I am, but they viewed it as going against it because I said, I don't trust the folks who are in charge to reward you. Now, speaking of rewards, let's bring in our guy Andrew because Andrew. he's going to tell you about a reward that's awaiting you.
2: <laughs> Andrew's here from Wasatch Medical Clinic. So you've talked to us before about this. Yeah. No surgery. No pills. Yeah. A solution for ED. So how many treatments, how long do the treatments take over time? How long do they te- take in each individual session? How does it work if someone decides to do
4: this? So if you want to come in and do the treatments, uh, first of all, it's a non-invasive device that's just placed on the skin in our clinic. Ten minutes. Really quick. No recovery time, by the way. Not sore or anything like that. Um, you might do a few treatments over two to three weeks, and that's generally it. So long-lasting Um You can get fixed really quick. If there's a guy out there struggling with ED thinking, I'm not going to go into the, I'm never going to get this fixed. uh, The problem will probably continue to get worse. And think about two to three weeks we can have you done with these treatments. That's pretty quick in the long scheme of things. Um, Maybe first part, second part of December You're back to normal, no pills. It opens up the blood vessels. That's essentially what we're talking about. ED is a lack of blood flow, and this is the first thing that treats the root cause of the problem.
2: So, Watsatch Medical Clinic, you can call them, uh, get a free assessment at 801-901-8000. Does testosterone work to fix ED?
4: That's a great question. Um, My non-doctor opinion is that it does not work for ED. A lot of guys come into our clinic having tried that. It, It may work for energy or for some other things, but when it comes to ED, we've seen it fail time and time again. We find that this is a physical problem. It needs a physical solution. It's blood flow. 801-901-8000.
2: That's the number for the Wasatch Medical Clinic. You can get a free assessment with a doctor at 801-901-8000. You can call and set up an appointment. Andrew, thanks a lot. Thanks, guys.